Hi and welcome back to Theatrical Cut. This is our second part of the TV characters episode. We've just gone off and done a few bits and bobs, made a fresh brew, done a toilet. I put a wash on, running out of pants, Terry. Stunned silence. (laughs) Run out of pants, hot weather, you know. Sweaty gussets. Yeah, getting through those pants like nobody's business. Right, so we're back. I'm still Sonia, sitting opposite me with a face for radio is Terry. Hello. You all right? I'm wonderful, thank you. Feeling all right after that little break that we had? Lucy's had to pop off. She's actually got a life and she's got plans for today. Um, So she's off doing something else. So it's just Terry and I just to take you through the second part of our favourite TV characters. Terry's going to start us off. With favourite comedy characters. Terry, who you got for us? So, And I wonder if any of these guys might crop up. So this list took a lot longer to put together than drama. But then also, they're all quite old characters. I've realised I don't actually watch a lot of new television. You might have noticed I was quite quiet a lot during the first part because... Because you don't like women. There's that part as well. Uh, Sonia and Lucy, very passionate about the the series we were talking about. And some of them I'd seen, some of them I hadn't seen at all. So again, this isn't really in any sort of order, but number one is far and away number one. So I'll start with probably the one that least people have heard of other than in the first part of this podcast. Count Arthur Strong from Count Arthur Strong. We love the Count. So yeah, he is, for radio, for us in this, it's an impossible person to describe because it is, as we said in the first part, a man playing the character of like a 70s entertainer who thinks that they were amazing, continues to think they're amazing, but they're just a lovely bimbly old man. He's been on the bimbly? radio. Bimbly? Yeah. What's bimbly? Like Count Arthur. Okay. So he's been on the radio for a few years and then Graham Linehan helped bring him to the TV, which tragically has been cut short after three series. It's an outrage. Absolute outrage. Some of the dr- Mrs. Brown's boys soldiers on, but the Count has been killed. I mean, one of the things I love about The Count is that it's not blue. It's very old school. Anyone could watch it. I mean, at the show we were at in the week, there was kids, there was old people, there was young people, moderately aged people such as Sonia and myself. (laughs) Moderately aged? Moderately aged? Yeah. It's like the (laughs) nicest thing I've ever said to you. Yeah, I think it is. Um, And yeah, my mum and dad love it. I love it. Um, My wife likes the TV series, not so keen on the radio or the stand-up stuff, but... I mean, it's just, the TV show is just his weird adventures where, I mean, there's things like he accidentally does a misery episode with a plumber where he inadvertently kidnaps him, although he doesn't realise he's kidnapping him. There's one where he ends up running for local elections, one where he becomes a human statue. I'm trying to find, yeah, I'm trying to find a description of Count Arthur, which would best describe him. But it's just, it's all about the wordplay. And in the TV series, which you didn't get to see, obviously, in the radio show, is just his face. He can yeah. stand there still for two minutes just pulling faces and it has me in absolute but he's, stitches. He's not even pulling faces as such, is he? No, it's, it's his just, face. He's yeah. just thinking. Um, and someone um, someone that I used to know as well, who who's also a big Count fan, and she she went to the la- she went to the sound of mucus and she was saying the same thing. She says, I've never laughed so much at a man doing nothing. Yeah, it's just absolute perfection in a comedy, like in the acting. He just 
I mean, I'm pretty sure someone sat behind me in the show didn't realise that he was a character and thought that Arthur was actually Arthur. As far as I'm concerned, Arthur is Arthur and Steve Delane is the character. <laughs> I absolutely won't have it that Arthur's not real. Arthur is everything I want to be when I'm older. Yeah, he is just... I mean, when, even when he's just talking about awful. He's just... I mean, I, I'm sure that 99% of people that are going to listen to this, um, possibly even 100% of people that are going to listen to this, aren't going to know who we're talking about and no, aren't going to get it. But I have got quite a good description. Shall I just yep, read out this quick, di- quick description? Uh, this is from IMDb. I'm just lifting it straight from that. Um, delusional show business character Count Arthur Strong, a pompous, out-of-work actor from Doncaster, attempts to recount his life story with the help of the scholarly son of his former comedy partner. So this is the TV show. He's yeah. got Michael, who's like his sidekick for want of a better word and he is the son of yeah, he's uh, the Arthur's comedy old foil. partner um, Michael's very funny and like Terry was saying it started off as a radio show and was brought over to TV and then you get to, you get to see Arthur's mannerisms he's quite a different character I think on the TV to the radio as well he's a like, lot more like bully's the wrong word but in the radio show a lot of the humour is him being horrible to people whereas in the show yeah. it's a much more sort of family friendly and all, all the characters Boolan the calf, Eggie, yeah. John. Um, I forget, what's the name of the lady in the first series? His Polish princess. Oh, Katya. Oh, Katya, the and, Polish princess. Okay, so, I mean, Arthur is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Um, he is very, very silly. And like Terry was saying, though, the comedy is very nice. There's nothing blue about it. It's just... It's, it's very family-friendly, isn't it? But without being naff, I don't think, in no. any way. Um I would say it's family friendly, but not in the sense that kids would enjoy it. You just, you wouldn't worry about it being on in the background. But then um, there's, there's a, there's an episode um, with Katya and it's so um, emotional, isn't it? It's heartbreaking. There's a scene and, and Arthur manages to be heartbreaking and it's, but then he turns it around straight away, doesn't it? Having something like a a sweet or something. About a lollipop. He says something about a lollipop, but, um, I never, ever thought that Count Arthur Strong would actually make me sort of well up or shed a tear, but he manages to do that. Because that's the same episode where you get about 10 minutes of utter hilarious laughter of him sitting in a chair because he's sat in one of those plastic hospital chairs and he's just slowly sliding forward Um, and he keeps kicking that guy with the cast. It's just... It is, it is so, so ridiculous. It's impossible to describe. You have to it's see It's impossible it. to describe. I think it's impossible not to find him um, incredibly charming. Terry and I both have, um, I think, ringtones or text tones on our phones, yeah. which, so when we get text messages, um, they are things that Arthur is saying. When we, so we know that we cough a lot on here um, and we, we think that's a hay fever. Um but also, when Terry clears his throat in quite an extravagant fashion, he's mimicking Arthur doing that. And I had to explain that to Dan last week. I was like, you know we're doing Arthur when we clear yeah, our throats. That is a so spot-on impression, not just me coughing. Um, although Terry does cough a lot. Um, yeah, and it's brilliant. And also, another thing as well, Terry and I quite often turn up at the same place wearing the same Arthur T-shirts. We plan to do it today. ever. We plan to do it today, but because my Arthur T-shirts are in such heavy rotation, um, they're in the wash today. So Terry has furiously turned up his I'm wearing my brand new one from Wednesday. 
I couldn't wait to wear mine, so I wore mine in the week and soiled it. But the best one is it's just a picture of Arthur's face and it just says, I'm surrounded by half-wits. I've worn that to work, into meetings, always gets a laugh, even though they have no idea who it is. Yeah, I love it. Someone did actually come up to me in Nando's once, one of the ladies who worked there, she said, excuse me, she said, I don't know what's going on on your T-shirt, but I love it. And I was like, brilliant, brilliant. Anyway... So yeah, go go and find Count Arthur Strong. There's three TV series. I don't know that it's streaming anywhere, but just get it watched. You listen won't regret to, it. Listen to him, watch him. The radio shows are available on iTunes. Just listen, watch. Um, and enjoy. We think he's fantastic. Show we really, really do. Show business legend and raconteur and trout-tickling champion of 1969. Just, yeah, we love the Count. Good shout, Terry. Who's your next one? So next up... Uh, one of my favourite characters, Edward Elizabeth Hitler. Oh! Uh, so this was a tough one to pick between the two. Obviously, he's from Bottom, start being played by Adrian Edmondson alongside Rick Mao, who plays Richie Rich. May he uh, rest in peace. Yeah, may he rest in peace. So for me, it's Eddie just because he's... I don't know, because Richie's just a little bit too... I don't know, like sad. Greasy. Yeah, greasy. Whereas Eddie, I feel like, is a bit more... It's a bit more of a simpleton. He's he wants his birds, he wants his drink, and they have a scuffle. But I mean, I watched. I have vivid memories of watching Bottom as a child, and then going to to primary school the next day and acting it out. So I'm talking ten years old, and I watch it now because I still watch it regularly. I've got all the box sets. I don't know what I was laughing at back then. All like the wanker hand signs and stuff like I wouldn't have got it. At that point, I was just laughing at the fact that people were hitting each other with a frying pan. Can I, uh, can I just say something? So Terry and I um, are moderately aged. I, I'm more moderately aged than Terry. Um, what you've just described, um, I used to watch the young ones when I was at school and would go to school and act out scenes from the young ones. Um, so that's, um, that's quite interesting, that obviously, because I think that the young ones is obviously like the... Not an early version of Bottom at all, but the the two the sensibilities, uh, two ca- I think, yeah, yeah. Two, two of the characters kind of do carry across um, in their own way, and the fact that because of our age difference, I watched the young ones and acted that out, and you watched Bottom. Um, did you ever go see Bottom live? I I was too young to see. It. I've got oh, of course, I've yeah, got them 10. all. My sister had the first one on VHS, and I actually watched it so much that the VHS broke. Wow! Check you out. Because that's the one where I think it's Eddie accidentally punches Richie on the nose and there's quite a nice little bit where they sort of sit there and just go, you fucking bastard, you hit me. But yeah, just, I think, obviously, an amazing double act. You can tell that they really like each other in the show. And it's just, yeah, when, if we ever get to a time when a man being hit with a frying pan is not funny, then I don't want to be alive. I'm, I'm, I'm just laughing. So as Terry's talking, I'm just laughing. I was just thinking about the, t- the time when their boiler broke and um, or the, they were stealing the hot water or something. They were stealing oh, the, the gas. the gas from next and, door. And they, so they made that steaming cup of cold tea. <laughs> With just, the pigeon drops in it. It's just it's just the way he said it. He goes, mmm, a lovely cup of steaming cold tea. It's just so... One so lump sh- or two with the mashed potatoes. Just... When he cuts his legs off with a chainsaw. That, that is amazing. When they play chess, but <laughs> half the pieces are just made up, so you've got like a load of prawns instead of pawns. Oh. And just, oh, it's just, let's say, it's just people hitting each other, but done in such a way. I mean, Spud Gun and Dave Hedgehog obviously come in. Uh, Dick Head, the landlord of the local, local pub, the Nags Head. Just, 
I've been rewatching oh, it God, now. Oh, God, yeah, the pub. Rewatching it now, a lot of people that are in it in small parts have gone on to do like. There's like the guy who's Captain Jack's first mate in the Pirates of the Caribbean. He runs a sex shop. Amazing. <laughs> and it's just the guy from Casualty. Crichton's obviously in one of the episodes yeah. without the thing where he, he's got a wooden leg. A brilliant bit where they go Did to... Did you just st- point out that he wasn't wearing his... Uh, his he his, wasn't as Crichton. He wasn't Crichton. Yeah. They <laughs> go to steal his wooden leg because it's worth a £1,000 and they want to bet, put a big bet on Sad Ken the racehorse and they accidentally take the wrong leg off. Amazing. And then obviously the, the famous lines of Sad Ken. Oh no, he's running the wrong way. They've had to shoot him and the jockey. <laughs> <laughs> just every anything that could go wrong for Eddie and Richie, it went wrong for Eddie and Richie. And it's just... oh, I've just remembered the funny bit as well when they're in the when they're at the fair and they're on the um, oh they're stuck they're on, on the, the big, big wheel, the big wheel, and um, Richie is just looking like trying to record them with his eyes. You know. Yeah. What he... <laughs> This is not this isn't working on radio because Terry and I do big eyes. And the one where they go other. camping as well, oh. and that massive shit <laughs> <laughs> trying we to need... catch fish with a hobnob. Oh god, we need to stop to yeah, yeah. Obviously, just, just watch bottom. Christ, yeah, I mean, no. I don't think it would get made today. <laughs> we should have finished with this. Come on, mine's gonna be a bloody I mean, one of down my, note. One of this. the quotes that I always used to say, but obviously you can't say now in a workplace, is a wazzo pair of jugs. <laughs> it's, it's constantly on a loop in my head because it's just. That's a smashing blouse you're wearing. I, that's a smashing... I mean, I use that almost daily. It's just comedy gold. But I always, I only ever use it to men. Yeah. So when like because I uh, always say that I'm wearing a blouse and people go you know yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. a girl wears I know I know right if, if people don't get that they I'd probably just get them out of your life yeah whenever I see a guy in a snazzy shirt that's a smashing blouse you're wearing and if they know what I'm talking about best friends for life if they don't then uh, I just think about ways I can shoot them but yeah so yeah definitely again seek out bottom and watch Edward Elizabeth <laughs> <Hitler>. <laughs> seek out bottom. <clears throat> So next up, let's go with, I mean, um, Alan Partridge. Okay. Thoughts on that, Sonia, immediately? I well, know a lot of girls don't get Alan Partridge. I So I'm quite late coming to Alan Partridge. Um, I, I, Craig was a big Alan Partridge fan, is a big Alan Partridge fan. So um, this sounds really weird to say, my ex-boyfriend. Um was a huge Alan Partridge fan, so I started watching it because of him. Um, I love the fact, first of all, Alan's got a girlfriend called Sonia. Yeah. Sonia with a J as well, just like me. Um, and it took me a while, but I grew to love Alan, really, really love Alan. And actually, someone once said I was very Alan Partridge, and they meant it as an insult to me, and I took it as a massive compliment. No, I can see that. I can um, see that. I was absolutely thrilled that they thought I was like Alan Partridge. Um, so, now I'm with you there. Um, you talk to me about Alan. I mean, I would say for me, he's probably the one that I quote the most. Okay. So, I'm always throwing Partridge quotes out there. I mean, one of my favourites, which is hard to get into context, is you're about two mil from my gland. <laughs> when he ends up at the swinger's house and she's slowly running her fingers up his thigh. And then it's like, oh no, you've just touched it. <laughs> He's just, I'm losing it. I'm he losing is just it. a quote machine. His, his relationship with Michael, where Michael will talk in a Geordie accent and oh. Alan will just be, no, that's just noise. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's two series What's of What's his part- assistant's name? Lynn. Oh, poor Lynn. The, the hard-suffering Lynn. There's two series that are very different. Obviously, the first series is like he's on the downward spiral. It's all going shit. He's doing the late night show. And then series two is where he's bouncing back and he's building his, building his house and he has the builders that he interacts with. 
a famous interaction. Obviously, he talks to a builder about his ex-wife. Yeah, I've got access to the kids, but they don't want to see me. <laughs> but it's just, just everything. I mean, it got cut out of the first podcast, but obviously Dan was here and I did the, Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs> yeah, cause no, he's not seen me. Dan! That never gets old for Dan. Um, and, you, and also a lot of it as well. When he was staying at the hotel, that was recorded at the Hilton, wasn't it? In, yeah. Near uh, Costco in Watford. Um, so there's so a lot it wasn't of it, equidistant between Norwich and London. So um, it, a, lot, a lot of the bits where he's out in his car, uh, for me as a, as a Watford uh, born and bred uh, girl, uh, it's quite nice seeing the places that you recognise as you grew up um, on telly. Same as Saxondale as well. Um, I mean, the car plays a big part. Obviously, there's the bit where it's such a shit car as well. When yeah, he was trying to get a new car, and she's trying to get him to get a metro. I know. Like, I'll just keep talking over you, Lynn. I'll just keep talking <laughs> over you. They've rebadged it, you fool. Um, it's of course, just the classic episode where um, he steps on the spike. <laughs> I've stuck my foot on a spike. It's just because <laughs> that's where he's he's doing that presentation. Yeah. Isn't he? He's like, Come on, mate! Don't flash a light in my eyes. I've flashed a pint of blood. <laughs> Oh, you like that flashback? Here's another one. <laughs> it's just, I could literally sit and just quote Partridge all day long. I want to long. watch all of Alan Partridge again. It's one now. of those things you can't just watch an episode either. One episode leads into another episode and it's just, I mean, just everything. The ladyboy drink where he accidentally ends up with a load of drinks on his bar and he doesn't want to admit that he's bought Lynn a drink. And then you've got like <laughs> Lynn's boyfriend that's threatening him where he's going to give her a pay rise. It's... Eight, not nine and a half thousand pounds. <laughs> Just I, um, honestly, a lot of people don't like him, but oh my god! So I've literally got a tear in my eye. Just yeah, I mean, I was quotes. when you were talking, I was having, I was having a moment, wasn't I? Um, you were talking about quoting Alan, um, uh, Alan a lot. I um, I once got in, not in trouble as such, but kind of got in trouble. I went to I went to a wedding reception once. You know what it's like when you go to a wedding reception, there's there's booze, isn't there? There is. Um and there's those book things that people pass around, you're supposed to write nice things in, blah blah blah. And anyway, I went to this wedding and it was you had to write on these like little discs or something. Can you drop them into like a glass frame and they can all be displayed? And for some reason I wrote um smell my cheese you mother <laughs> on the <laughs> on this oh. disc on this like heart that you drop into a glass frame so then everyone's comments you drop your disc in and then everyone's comments are just like in this frame that you can see and mine landed slap bang in the middle <laughs> so there's all these like happy quotes going around it's a beautiful quote right in the middle smell my cheesy mother and I just got a text message the next day again that was you wasn't it um, also speaking of Sonia as well there's obviously the <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the episode in, se- in series two where Sonia's oh, made Sonia. him a breakfast. And he, she's like, did you like your breakfast? And he pulls out a notepad and gives her bacon, 10 on 10. Yeah. <laughs> Eggs, 10 on 10. I might want to mix the beans in the egg, but I want that to be my decision. Use a sausage as a breakwater. Oh, he's just... just... When he plays air guitar and someone knocks on the door and he puts the air guitar down yep. really gently. And when he, he takes Lynn to her mother's <laughs> grave and he's playing the drums in the car. <laughs> yeah. Starts tooting the horn at her because he's bored, <laughs> and then gets her hair done. Is that your mother's money coming through? <laughs> <laughs> the way she looked at that black nurse. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like we should move on because again, we're going to do an hour-long podcast right. purely on Alan. Alan's Partridge. going in the hat. Uh, so next up is Maurice Moss from the IT crowd. Okay, now I feel 
Yeah, go on then. I mean, I'll give you it. He, he's funny, but you've had three cracking ones there, and then I just feel like you've. I was sort of doing them in date order. I'd have plopped him. Right, I would have put him first. But anyway, I mean, for me again, he's another quotable one. I'm not going to start getting into quotes again, but he's just. He's no Alan. He's not Alan, no, but it's just such a funny character, such a sort of almost like a modern Alan because obviously he's in the IT department. Just that whole scenario, the turning it off and on again. I feel like I should have gone with him first because he does feel like a damp squib following up from Alan Partridge. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad now about having my more sort of like semi-serious subject to talk about after this. Um, um, but yeah, for me, Maurice Moss is one of the best characters. I mean, um, Richard Iodi, Iodi, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced, is such a great comic actor. I mean, me and Sonia also both love Garth Marenghi, mm. where he plays Dean Lerner. And mm. obviously he had his own spin-off show, Man to Man with Dean Lerner which the episode with Steve pissing is one of the funniest 30 minutes ever committed to film. Yeah. But obviously that's getting off topic. But yeah, I just love Moss. Again, lots of quotes. Completely all left my head right now. But yeah, absolutely love Moss. So Can I, to- um, before you do your number one, because you just mentioned something very quickly there, if uh, Terry mentioned Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, if you, if you look, just, just watch it. I was going to say, if you like what... Garth Marenghi's Dark Place seek it out it's very easy to get I think it's available on DVD uh, still it's not long um, either it's not long it's um, a, just a spoof show it is it's fantastic I had the unbelievable pleasure before Garth before it got made into TV did like a, did it as like a stage version I got to see it at the tiny little theatre in St Albans which I think is behind the library um and when we turned up, it started off quite weird. And I was with my dad and we were just like, what the hell have we turned up to? And because then it, it came out and we didn't know how to say his name. Um, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, it just worked, worked really well as uh, as a TV show. It's incredibly funny, incredibly clever. And as Terry mentioned it, I'm just going to say you should watch that. Hey, Lucy. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, I'm taking it. Okay, then. Bye, Lucy. Bye, Lucy. Bye. Bye. Lucy's off out now. A little peek behind the curtain there. So then number one, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised, is Homer J. Simpson. The greatest man in existence. I mean, he was literally voted the greatest American in a poll that Channel 4 did. Never mind the greatest American, the greatest man in existence. I mean, I think it's quite weird to think, obviously, when The Simpsons first started, it was about Bart, and Bart was the central character. And then Homer just took over again absolute quote machine some of I mean just what a character the amount of con- some of the best stuff is the conversation he had in his head mm. one of my favourite ones is where Bart gets that big brother so Homer goes to get a little brother and they're saying why do you want to do this in his head don't say revenge don't say revenge don't say revenge uh, revenge and then you hear his brain self pack up and walk yeah, out yeah, of yeah. his head I love it when you can see in his brain yeah I love it when you can see in his brain and um I just so Lucy's just going out, and I thought she was saying goodbye to me. She's actually saying goodbye to the cats. So um, yeah, I feel like a dick now. <laughs> you know when you see someone across the road and you're going hi hi. I was waving at her. She won't wave at me. Um, yeah, you know when he's like thinking and you see into his head and you see the because he's just not thinking of anything. Yeah, carry on anyway. I'm stealing your Homer. No, I mean great things. There's obviously the episode where I can't remember why he ends up going to clown college, but he sat at at the dinner table just goes that's it I'm not taking it from anywhere else. I'm going to clown college and Bart's just like I think I speak for us like, we weren't expecting that <laughs> I mean yeah other conversations he's had in his brain where he's trying to find a peanut in the side of the sofa and finds a $20 bill and he's, and he's disappointed yeah, and he's disappointed his brain goes no this is good tell me how money can be exchanged for goods and services including peanuts <laughs> 
It's just everything. I mean, there's one episode, I can't remember what he keeps saying to get to it, but Marge turns around and says, Homer, can you stop comparing our wedding to the, no, our marriage to the Special Olympics? <laughs> um, I mean, what I love about Homer, I mean, he's hilariously funny. He's, let's be honest, He's not, the, he's not very bright, is he? But he manages to get himself into these situations. So he's recorded, like, best-selling albums. Been to space. He's been to bloody space. Um, he's done all these incredible things, and yet he still feels like such a failure, doesn't he? Um, his he, heart's always in the right his place. His heart well, is always like. in the right place. He sometimes messes up, um, you know, and, you know, the relationship with him and Bart, where Bart drives him crazy, but really... You know, obviously he loves his son. Um, and Bart does respect his dad. But, you know, the whole strangling thing and it's such a... You know, his his catchphrase, Homer's catchphrase is... Poss- I mean, you said he was voted, like, the greatest American of all time. Probably his catchphrase is probably... Um, yeah, probably the most rec- recognisable. We're not going to do it. Um, I, I, I just think he's great. And, and people... St- People say that The Simpsons isn't as good as it used to be, but I, but I, do, I'm a massive. Oh, in case I didn't know. I'm a massive, massive Simpsons fan, and I, I still think it's good. And I still catch episodes on telly, and I still think they're, I still think they're brilliant, and I still revisit old ones and yeah, still think if they're it's amazing. On, I'll watch it. I do think there was a spell where Family Guy got really popular, where <clears> The Simpsons <throat> did go a little bit more risque and did lose it a little bit, but then they realised that that what like when uh, Marge gets breast implants and stuff like that. Mm. I feel like they did try and go that way, but then they soon brought it back. But yeah, just everything Homer does. I mean, at the end of the day, it's always like when he ends up getting, where they tell the long-winded stories, like when he's talking about the B-sharps and they've broken down and you see Marge walking off to get gas and Homer sat there talking to the kids. Going to get gas or she's changing the tyre or something like that. And And the episode where he's worried that Marge is going to leave him and he's living in the tree house Mm. and it's literally been a day and he's, Clothes he's are tattered ruins. He's like a caveman, isn't and he? And like at the end of the episode, he's like, Marge, I know what I can give you that no one else can. Complete and utter dependence. Yeah. I've only been away for two days. Look at me. I need you. Um, you know, and his relationship <laughs> with Ned as well. He's so yeah. awful to Ned. He's so selfish, isn't he? I mean, I mean really, like on, on paper, Homer's a terrible, terrible man, but he's so... But he's I mean, he's the chief security officer well. at a power plant and constantly falls asleep at work. He does, he does, but... What a what a great guy! I mean, what a great guy! He is just fantastic. He's perfect in my eyes. I, just, I mean, J. perfect's a strong. No, Homer I mean, there's J also the whole episode about trying to find out what the J stands for, and it stands for <laughs> <The> J. J. <laughs> um, just beautiful. And his his relationship with Marge, um, I just think they have such an amazing relationship. And like, I know we were joking about it. Like he says, I know what I can give you that nobody else can. Like complete and utter dependency. But the the way they love each other is so perfect and heartwarming. And I've, I've said perfect uh, a lot about The Simpsons because I do... It is one of my I mean, most favourite things ever. you don't run for like 28 ever. years or whatever it is and not be good. But their relationship, and it's so... The, the family and their, their marriage is so dysfunctional, probably like a lot of people's, but... They just love each other so mm. much, and really, I know it's I know it's a bloody cartoon, but really, I bet a lot of people would love to have a marriage like Homer and Marge. Yeah, it's not perfect, but you just like but you they say, definitely love each, love each other. In the episode where he nearly cheats with that girl woman <coughs> called Mandy, that starts at the power plant and it ends up with him 
you think he's going to bed with Mandy, but he hasn't. He's and it's, got Marge And he's got over. Marge to come to the hotel, yeah, and um, Lurleen Lumpkin. That's another really good oh, episode yeah. as well. And she, do, and she does that uh, brilliant song where I finally found me a homer, which is basically saying I've basically, I finally found me like a perfect man. Yeah. Um, I just, and it's, you know, he's an old, bald, fat man, but he still manages to attract these, like, hot women. And because, you know, Marge is, Marge is decent. Um, <clears throat> I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. But, but don't worry, Simpsons is in the hat. We will oh, be... Uh, we better stop there, then. We better stop there. So, um, that's, so that's your top my five. comedy top that five. That was a cracking top five. There was a, I, I would not have included Matey Boy from the IT crowd, but only because I haven't really I seen the IT crowd. I did also have Jeff from Coupling was in there at no one point. No idea. No but idea. I thought that might be the case, so that's why Moss replaced him. Fair play, fair play. Had any feedback about comedy characters? Uh, so, yeah, so Nathan got in touch to let us know. Who the about... fuck is Nathan? Exactly. So one that I've not seen, so Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's one that's on my list to watch. It's he's t- gone for Charlie from Always Sunny from I don't know the characters, but, yeah, that's a good show. Uh, he to said he's like a paint-snorting illiterate and he loves him so. Um, he also brought up Crichton. We obviously mentioned him a bit. So Red Dwarf does have a very special place. I don't know that I could pick one of the four. No, I don't think I could. Although Crichton does have one of my favourite lines mm. where Rimmer says, we need to go from an amber alert to a red alert. And Crichton turns to him and says, are you sure, Mr. Rimmer, sir? That does involve changing the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Just absolute comedy gold. I like the cat. But um, yeah, you can't pick one. He did Dwarf. say that, obviously, it was the first comedy that he loved and you haven't lived until you've seen his detachable penis roaming around the ship. <laughs> Uh, other than that, I think most of the ones that got in contact with me, uh, Vicky also called out Latka from Taxi, obviously Andy Kaufman's character. She said she got involved in that after seeing Man on the Moon starring Jim Carrey. Uh, again, Are we I've talking about film or TV character? No, it was a TV series called Taxi. Never heard of it. But Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman, who played Latka in a film called Man on the Moon. And that's what she saw that and then sort of saw yeah, out I've, the I've series. Heard about it. Yeah, I've yeah. okay. But yeah, that's it for the comedy ones I had sent my way. Um... Can I talk about some of my favourite comedy characters? Go on, then. Um, I'm going to stick with The uh, Simpsons, because as well as Homer, I would say the other... The other com- like, Krusty. I'm a big fan of Krusty. Um, yeah. I think Sideshow Bob needs a little mention as well. But I mean, it's full of comedy characters. It is full of comedy character. characters, but um, if I was to take away Homer, there are two... I am going to mention another character in my next segment, but my, my other character that I really love is Krusty. Um, sticking with cartoons because I do like cartoons um, and another one of my favourite cartoon characters crops up in my next segment um, but Bender I love oh yeah um, B-E-N-D-R B-E um, that's another heartbreaking TV series as well where like, it's comedy but then that episode about no 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 because it's in the hat okay tie, tie not in it please um, not tied Dean Winchester uh, we talked about Dean earlier now I've popped Dean on my list because Supernatural is a funny, funny show. Yeah. Um, series one wasn't. Series one had comedy, but it was a lot darker. But then from that series onwards, it did get much more um, comedy-fied. A few, a few people have got in touch about Dean as like a good drama character, but I've popped him on my comedy list because he, he, he just delivers these one-liners and just he's just he's a funny, funny character, and he's hot as anything as well. Um, those two, Sam and Dean, are like fine wines. They have got so Sam much. Sam and Dean's best. a bit of a wet blanket, though, isn't he? Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Sam and Dean. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into this discussion with you about whether or not Sam's a wet blanket because. I mean, he fights demons. Just, but... just no. I will not take any criticism of the Winchesters. Um, 
but Dean is comedy gold. I've also got on my list, I've got Eddie Hitler on my list as well, but I put Rick from The Young One. So for me, um, Rick Mayle is like my comedy hero, if we're talking real life comedy heroes, <laughs> because Homer's... Um, I don't know if you know this, Terry. he's not real. <laughs> um, but Rick Mayle was my comedy hero. And when I was younger, I watched The Young Ones and I desperately, desperately wanted to be like Vivian, but I knew that I was Rick. Um, <laughs> I'm Rick through and through. And so for me, Rick Mayle will always be Rick as opposed to Richie. Um, but I prefer, I think I find Eddie funnier than Vivian. Um so that's that's my little list. And I've got a few um, that I want to mention that people have sent in because I also think they are hilarious. And I 100% agree with what Debbie has sent in. Brian Potter uh, oh God, from yeah, Phoenix Nights. And she has just written, Sweet Baby Jesus and the Orphans. There isn't a day goes by that I don't use one of his catchphrases. I'm the same. Um, me and Debbie actually have nicknames for each other, which are from Phoenix Nights, which I won't share with you because they're our special secret. Um, like best friend nicknames. But... Um, yeah, 100%. Phoenix Nights. Another very quotable is series. Brilliant. Oh, unbelievably quotable. Um, <clears throat> we've had Sam and Dean already. Um, Frasier, someone mentioned. Um, and the comment I've got from Craig is just one of the best sitcom characters ever. I don't mind Frasier. Yeah, I'm not a massive um, lover, but it is decent. It's okay. Um, Del Boy. Um, now, oh, God, yeah. I mean, I did think about that. But... Controversially... I don't like Only Fools and Horses. Um, I, I just, no, it does n- nothing for me, but I know a lot of people that really, really The earlier it. series are better. Um, Troy Barnes from Community. Community is not one that I've seen, but loads of people have, have been telling me to watch it. Um, and Lucy was drinking out of a community... Was she drinking out of a community cup earlier? Yes. Okay. Troy and Abdel. Um, that's it. So Troy, Donald Glover, um, obviously he's going to be in the new solo film. He's Lando. Um, and if you want to watch a good trailer for that film, watch his one. Uh, maybe we could share it later. Have you seen? He's also a musician as well and he's got quite yeah. the, quite the tasty Gambino. video. Yeah. yeah but yeah, this yeah. is America. Yeah, don't worry. I'm well aware of that. I don't know if you know, if you know Terry. I do know a bit about music as well. Um so yeah. there's that. <laughs> Don't tell me. Oh, did you know he's always a pop, also a pop star? Well, you're getting on. Although, I don't know if you're up with what the kids were listening to. That's all right. Dan told me. Um, of course, I do um, constantly get him confused with that other famous Glover, Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> Are they not father and son? Um, it's just the names I got confused with, all right? Um, so, yeah, some good shouts there for comedy characters. Um, anything more you want to add before we move on to the last... Um, TV character segment of the day? Uh, well, there's a couple of, like, ensemble casts, but obviously we'll bring we'll, that We'll up. touch on casts at the yeah. end, yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to the last little bit. What we've decided to do going forward, what Terry's decided to do going forward, is when we put the subjects in the hat, he's going to be a bit more bloody specific. So rather than just saying TV characters, it probably should have said something like, favourite comedy TV characters. Um, I didn't realise how much we could waffle <clears throat> when I was writing those topics. What do you mean you didn't realise how much we could waffle? It's what we do. <laughs> It's all we never, do. We've never timed each other before. No, we've never we? timed it. Um, right, I'm going to do characters. I'm going to talk about characters that you love to hate slash villains. Um, I found this. I had a massive list for this. I found that a lot of my characters that I was I could put into female or drama or comedy actually slotted into my characters that you love to hate um, a little bit better. So, shall I? Shall I just begin? crack on um so the first one these these aren't really in any kind of order um i just kind of like wrote 
wrote them down as I thought about them. And I had, to, like Lucy said, she struggled, you know, it was easy to do a top 10 possibly and then to whittle it down to five was a little bit harder. So the first one I'm going to mention is House. Um, Never seen it. Good God. Um, but that's fine because your drama list was a bit of a bit of a meh for me wasn't it yeah. so uh, dr gregory house and some people have got in touch and also mentioned house for favorite drama characters but i'm going to put him very firmly in the love to hate slash villain category so um if you haven't seen house um he's antisocial. he's addicted to painkillers he's arrogant isn't he based he's on an... sherlock as well <clears throat> there's leanings to sherlock yeah, yeah. um just he's an absolute asshole. That's the only way you can describe it. Um, he he's got, but in the show, unbelievable. Besides being um, basically, he's a di- he works in diagnostics. So he's got a team of people, and they work in a hospital, and they have to diagnose people with problems that you can't. No, but people don't know what's wrong with them. Basically, so they get all the difficult cases, and he's got a team of people. Um, and he's got a terrible bedside manner. He treats his team awfully. But besides all of that, he still ends up with a best friend, Wilson, um, who he treats like shit. Um, and Cuddy, who's his boss, um, and they have uh, a relationship. Um, he likes her, but still treats her terribly. Um, but, but despite um, being such a such a terrible, terrible person... He's brilliant at his job. So uh, people are constantly coming to him and seeking him out and seeking his help. And I think certainly patients, when they seek out his help, are then surprised by his manner um, because he's just such an arsehole to them. The people that work around him get used to it, but I still I don't think it ever becomes pleasant for them. Um, so, yeah, dreadful, dreadful bedside manner awful man but gets but the job done he gets the job done but there is also something like about because he's still incredibly funny um so i've got a few few little bits of trivia one bit which i've written down and another bit um obviously um not obviously because if you haven't seen it it's not obvious but he, it's an american show um and he plays an american in it um but hugh laurie is is british <gasps> um and when he did his audition um i think one of the guys who had uh, who did the audition um was pleased that they'd got an American for the part and was quite surprised to find out that he was British. So one of my real bugbears when you watch TV or films or whatever is people that do shit accents. Mm. And I just think if, you know, if you've got an actor in a role and they can't do the accent, just let them do their own accent or get someone who can do the accent or someone who has the accent. But Hugh Laurie, I just don't think you would know that he was British. Quite a lot. <clears throat> it's happened quite a lot though, isn't it? They think of like Idris Elba. He started out in America yeah. as well. Um, so his name's House, um, and another bit of interesting trivia, which I found out, now House is addicted to painkillers, he's got a bad leg, um, and he is addicted to painkillers um, in the show. Um, ER doctors use the acronym HOUSE, which stands for History of Use, for patients with known drug addictions. So it doesn't specify that that's how they got his name, um, but I found that quite interesting because he... Uh, that is an interesting tidbit. He does have a problem with drugs. Um so moving on from there, and a show which I know Terry has seen, uh, my next uh, favourite villain is Mr Burns oh, from The course. Simpsons. 
Absolute um, love to hate. So as I was saying just just a moment ago when we were talking about favourite comedy characters, I was saying about how much I love Homer and Krusty. My other favourite character from The Simpsons is Mr Burns. Um, he's Springfield's oldest and richest resident. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you this. If you haven't seen The Simpsons and know The Simpsons inside out, um, then really you need to take a long, hard look. And what at, are you listening to this Long, for? hard look at yourself. Um, so he's the oldest and richest resident of Springfield. He owns the nuclear plant. Um, he his net worth this was quite funny I was reading it I was trying to find out how much money Mr Burns has because in the mother pod they were talking about how um, Scrooge McDuck Scrooge McDuck got his fortune they were trying I think they were trying to work out how rich he actually was um, Mr Burns' fortune um, fluctuates from being just a millionaire and the figure that they quoted was nine hundred and ninety nine. Um, 996 million and that's classed as just a millionaire um, to almost 17 billion so he's got he's got a lot of dollar and he doesn't um, he blots out the sun in one episode doesn't he he doesn't like sharing it Um, he has regularly made like greatest villain lists so he will top greatest villain lists like in America when they do polls for those kind of things quite a few of the writers of the Simpsons have said that they're his favourite character he's the favourite character that they like writing for um, he's generally awful in every episode. I don't really think he's got any redeeming features, but there is an episode which I want to highlight because <clears throat> it's not a tearjerker. So we will be doing a tearjerker episode at some point. Um, this doesn't fall under the tearjerker category, but I liked it because you saw Mr. Burns vulnerable and it was in the Rosebud episode when he was dreaming about his bear that he oh, had. Oh yeah, the bear. Bobo the bear. And to cut a very long story short, he had a. He's desperately old um, because Mr. Burns is desperately old, and he had this bear as a child, and it got lost. And all he really wants for his birthday is his Bobo the bear back. And long story short, Maggie ends up with it because Bart finds it, and Maggie ends up with it. And Mr. Burns is trying to do everything, coming up with all these schemes to try and get it back. That reads like climbing across the ceiling and Homer's eating 58 slices of American cheese. all the American cheese. And they're desperately trying to get this bear back. And in the end, he sends Smithers to just beg for the bear back from Maggie. Bear back, I probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, something else. Another image just popped into my head then. Um, And Mr. Burns ends up just, just begging Maggie for the to have the bear back to have the bear return to him and and Maggie um, takes pity on him and gives him the bear back and he he's so upset about losing the bear and then so happy about getting the bear back and he doesn't think he'll ever be happier again and that was a very rare soft sign when as soon as I started thinking about Mr Burns and Bobo the bear did pop into my head straight away and I was thinking is that the only time we've ever seen him vulnerable and we've seen him happy before but happy because of evil things is this the, first, this is the, the only time we've seen him happy because of something nice I, think, I mean there's the bowling episode isn't there where he joins the team yeah but then again he's being evil in that yeah he's always think, but yeah and there's the one with Mulder and Scully in it where he's like <laughs> radioactive and like I in, you love yeah um so, yeah, so many. We we don't want to go on too much about the Simpsons. I think we've gone on about the Simpsons quite enough. Um, but yeah, Mr. Burns, villain. So one next... of my favourite quotes from Mr. Burns is the episode where it's where he's Howard Hughes and he's gone mental, 
and he's yes. like living, and he's got all the jars. His fingernails are really long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's built a plane like out of polystyrene. And at the end, he just says to Smithers, "We'll take the spruce moose." And Smithers just laughs and looks at the model plane. And then Mr. Burns pulls out a gun, gun and says, yeah. "I said, get in." And doesn't he have all the all the bottles of wee? And um, Smithers says something about throwing them away. And Mr. Burns is like, "No, we'll keep those for <laughs> yeah. now." Um, right, so moving on to my next one. And so, so the first two characters that I've uh, mentioned, one of them is just out and out evil. The other one's an absolute arsehole. This one, I think he's a character, not that you'd love to hate, because I don't think you hate him, but he's got he's got an element of villain to him. Um, and I've chosen Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. So another show, Terry Nick Neeson, because you would love Ron Swanson. Everyone tells me I'd love it, but yeah, I just need someone to lend it to me. You would... Or why don't you just spend a bit of your own money and just I've got, buy it. I've got kids to feed. <clears throat> You've got a kid yeah. to feed. Um, Parks and Rec is a fantastic show and Ron is a brilliant character and you will love Ron. So they, if you don't know Parks and Rec, they work in a government department and um, Ron is very anti-government. Um, he's incredibly deadpan. He hates interacting with the public. So Terry, he's just like me and you. Um he and he really goes out of his way to make his department less effective because he really sort of like doesn't believe in the mission. Um, I love Ron and would love to be like Ron, but on but really, when you find out the things that Ron likes, they're nothing like the things that I like because he likes meat, he likes whiskey, he likes hunting. So actually, he's a terrible man. He also loves woodwork, which I think is something that the um, actor Nick Offerman, I think he actually likes woodwork mm. as well. Um, that's just a little aside for you. Um, he's got two ex-wives, both called Tammy, um, who he hates and fears. It's always hilarious when one of those t- uh, turn up. One of them is actually played, uh, like most, the second Tammy is actually played by his real-life wife, um, and I haven't written her name down, so that's bad Is it she from Will and Grace? Yes. Um, um, but <clears throat> despite claiming that he doesn't give a shit about, I mean... No, he doesn't. He doesn't believe in his job, but and he gives this impression that he therefore doesn't give a shit about his colleagues. Um, and like Lucy was saying earlier about April, she gives this impression that she doesn't care about anyone. Certainly, that she doesn't care about Leslie, but actually, she really does. Um, and Ron very much gives the impression that he doesn't give a shit about his colleagues, but he he does, and he often shows that he does actually care for them just by little actions or doing something that does actually help them out. And the respect between him and Leslie um, just make them a really great partnership. You really, really need to watch Parks I, I and know Rick. I do. Um, it really is all that. Um, <clears throat> okay, so my next evil, evil little bastard um, that is on my list is Eric Cartman. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and the only thing that I've written under his name is What a Little Shit. Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume people have seen South Park. Okay, um, if they haven't, just uh, do it. Cartman. Cartman's another one of those characters that I'd love to be like. I just really, really would. Um, and I think I am a little bit like Cartman. Um, I'm certainly eating my way to be a little bit more like Cartman. Um, he's aggressive. He's arrogant. Bearing in mind, he's just a small boy. How old are they in South Park? What, eight? six, seven, eight, yeah. I think they're six, Terry, but... Um, <clears throat> certainly, like primary school level yeah I mean he's aggressive he's arrogant he's very um, politically incorrect he's a narcissist he doesn't feel any remorse one of my favourite things um, that I've seen written about him is he's morally appalling Um, which 
um, is just such a great way to describe him. Um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they've often said that they can. he's the favourite character for them to write for. Um, he has topped um, countless polls of, like, greatest TV character. Mm. Um, and he's he is considered to be, like, the favourite character in the show. Uh, he's the standout character. He is the standout character. There are other great characters in the show. Um, don't get me wrong, but I think Cartman is the, the character that everyone um, goes to. But I do want to highlight um, a specific episode. Like, he he's a small boy, um, and he comes across... I think all of them in their own way. No, Cartman comes across as being a bit stupid. So sometimes he does things and you just think, what a little idiot. But he comes up with these devious plans that always seem to work. Um, and he's so evil and the way he executes these plans. So he's actually very clever. Do you know what I mean? And he manipulates people mm. and he gets his own way. I mean, the way he treats his own mum, so bad. And, you know, the way he treats his friends and they're just like, oh, we hate him and we want him to fail. But they still hang out with him. Um, but when I saw the quote morally appalling, um, and I bumped into an old friend of mine the other day as well, um, which uh, reminded me of the um, episode in season five. Um, I think it's season five. Uh, Scott Teneman must die. Do you know that episode? Possibly if you tell me what happened. So Cartman thinks that he's the first one of the group of four of them to reach puberty because he's the first one to get pubes. And what he's actually done is Scott Teneman has sold him some of his pubes for $10. Um, so Cartman thinks that just by being in the possession of the pubes that he's the first one to be a man <laughs> like that. So when the others explain to him, no, Cartman, you don't buy pubes, you grow them yourself. He's then furious at Scott Tenor and he's trying to get his $10 back. And the whole episode is just him trying to get his revenge. And he, he's coming up with all these plans and stuff. But ultimately, I won't give away the whole episode because you just need to watch it. Because the episodes are like super short. They're just over 20 minutes. Watch the episode. But his ultimate revenge is he manages to get Scott Tenorman to eat his own parents. <laughs> that is his revenge. In the space of a day, he manages to turn it around and just deliver the best piece of revenge um, and Scott Tenement ends up crying and Cartman is licking his tears of unfathomable sadness and it is absolutely beautiful. That episode has got a very, very special place in my heart for a number of reasons, but seriously, season five, just watch that episode. It's hilarious. So <clears throat> I'm going to finish um, my top five um, Lucy very uh, rightly predicted that I would include this character on my list and she could have gone onto Lucy's list of uh, favourite female characters as well but I'm going for Regina Mills aka the evil queen from Once Upon a Time um, I binge watched Once Upon a Time last year on Netflix and I watched a couple of episodes the, the last season is just playing out and it is the absolute last season now It's um, the, the season has finished I believe in the States or they've certainly um finished filming uh, they've wrapped anyway but I haven't seen the very last episode um, but very very quickly then if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time um, it's it's based on fairy tale characters um, that live that live in the real world so Regina Mills um, starts off she's Rumpelstiltskin's apprentice uh, she becomes very powerful um, she's she's constantly trying to get revenge on Snow White because she blames Snow White um, for the death of the the man that she was going to marry, um, and so she, after becoming Rumpelstiltskin's apprentice and becoming very powerful, she enacts a dark curse, and everyone from the Enchanted Forest ends up in Storybrooke, which is on Earth, and it's a land without magic. She knows 
who she is and what's going on. But everyone else, they don't have their memories anymore. She's the mayor of Storybrooke. Um, and that's how she kind of like rules them in Storybrooke, if you like. Mm-hmm. She then, um, she feels that something is missing from her life. So she adopts a boy. Um, Rumple, the Rumpelstiltskin character is in Storybrooke. He is Mr. Gold in Storybrooke, brilliantly played by Robert Carlyle. Uh, the part was actually written for Robert Carlyle, but that's uh, another thing. Um, <clears throat> and he, because he's obviously trying to get his own way as well, he orchestrates it for uh, Regina to adopt a young boy called Henry, uh, Henry Mills, who turns out to be the grandson of Snow White. And that's when everything... Um, sort of starts turning around. Um, now, Regina, there isn't a main character in the show Once Upon a Time, but I would definitely say that Regina is the... I'd definitely say she's a fan favourite. Um, hashtag evil regals. Um, definitely a fan favourite. The actress who plays Alana Perilla seems to be possibly one of the nicest people in existence. Um, but I really, really feel that the show became hers. And as far as I'm concerned, Regina is Regina Mills starts off despicable, comes good, goes a bit bad again, comes good again. And as much as I love good Regina, when she slips back into her evil queen ways, because you kind of go between the two realities, when she's back as evil queen, it is amazing. But similarly and equally, when she is Regina Mills, she's brilliant. And the relationship between her and Henry Mills is amazing as well. She's his adoptive mother. They don't always have the best relationship, but they end up with a good relationship. But as far as I'm concerned, she makes a better... As an evil queen, she still makes a better mother than his actual mother. But we're not here to talk about Emma Swan. Good God, she's awful. Um, and a very, very finally, before I finish, while we're still talking about Once Upon a Time, I need to get, give special mention to uh, for Zelina, who plays... Wicked Witch of the West. She is played by Rebecca Maida. She's uh, Regina's sister. So she's the one who's painted all green when she's Zelina. She's a fantastic, fantastic character as well. And then um, a character who crops up, I think, first of all in series four, and then we'll come back, I think, for the finale, is Cruella, played by Victoria Smurfett. And Cruella is is just wonderful in it as well. As three, like, bad bad ladies in Once Upon a Time. They are absolutely brilliant. Um, I, f- I really do recommend that show. It tails off a bit I've towards... I've not seen Sonia smile this much in a long time uh, it, talking I about I absolutely this. love Regina. Um, you know, she is a character that... She's definitely a character that you love to hate because she's got good size, but when she's bad, she's very bad. But when she's good, you, you, you just want to root for her even when she's being bad. Um, and kind of the same for Zelina as well. Cruella's just just brilliant she's just brilliant she's she's evil and funny um it like a lot of tv series it does tail off towards the end but it's it's on netflix um and it's very very easy to binge on so that's the um that's my top five um characters that you love to hate or characters that are a little bit bad i don't think ron swanson's really a villain but he's he's definitely a little bit bad sometimes um Terry, characters you love to hate? I think I've forgotten how Favourite to talk. Villains. Um, so, I mean, I would call... She's meant to be mentioned here, but Gemma she? Teller... Who's she? No, the oh, person I'm referring to is Gemma, about Te- me. No, Gemma Teller from Sons of Anarchy. I don't find her a very likeable character, but I can also look at the fact that she's doing what she's meant to be doing. She's very protective of Jax, her son. 
Um, but yeah, it just comes across very unlikable. I mean, pretty much anyone in the Shield, which we've mentioned earlier, they're all like anti-heroes and like they're in it for themselves. They not, don't really care about anyone else. They throw each other under the bus. Um, no, I think you've covered most of the, the big ones. Um, can I can I give mention to a few others because we had some decent ones coming up. Just yep. a few, the few that didn't make my list: Spike from Buffy um, and Angel as well. In, in Angel, I think it could be very funny. In Buffy, um, just brooding, just, wasn't it? Just Spike, yeah, character that you love to hate. Um, I got a little bit excited earlier when we were talking about Doctor Who. No, I got a little bit excited last episode when we were talking about Doctor Who. Uh, Malcolm Tucker, like yeah. what a dick, but God, he's brilliant. Um, Dixon Bainbridge. Uh, from the boot. How could I forget Dixon Bainbridge? Um, he's quotable awful, villain. but brilliant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Crowley from Supernatural. Um, he just can't help but root for Crowley. Um, so, villi- uh, villains. Villains. Uh, villains. Quite a few people have mentioned Brian Cranston as Walter White. Um, is he really a, a villain, though? Well, he's not exactly a good guy, but he's an arsehole he's coming from that a good you love place to. I don't, I don't. I've said, I've said villains, but characters that you love to hate. Um, so even if they're a bit awful, you kind of like them. I'm, I'm not actually a fan of Breaking Bad. I just couldn't get into it, and I think I did a couple of seasons, and then just gave up on it. Um, I don't give two shits about Brian Cranston, if I'm honest. Um, but then I just don't. I just didn't really like the show. So, but quite a few people got in touch about about him. Um, Tony Soprano. I've not seen The Soprano. What? What? Yeah, I know. Good God! We almost went two podcasts without that coming up. <clears throat> what The Sopranos or what? Um, and one that Dan sent in, which I um, I really like, because this this character is an absolute arsehole. Uh, Inspector Campbell from Peaky Blinders. Um, and I'm just going to read what Dan's written. There's a relentless, unquenchable thirst for taking down the Peaky Blinders, which sends him to some very dark places. It's impossible not to hate him. Um, and I agree with that. He's a very dislikable character. Um, and I think that might be all of our villains, villains... Um, yeah, I think that's all of our villains. Right, so we stopped. Shall we just do a quick notable mention for there? But when we were talking about this, and we will narrow it down next time, we were talking about some casts where we really struggled to find some favourite characters because the car- whole casts are so strong. Um, Terry, tell me about some of your favourite casts very quickly. So Friends I would class as one. I don't <clears throat> think there's a weak link amongst the main six. I'm glad you've mentioned that. That was that was easily my number one for perfect cast. Yeah, because it is literally like they're all, I mean... You can't pick a favourite. Yeah. It's and impossible. You could, like, it's not like, oh God, it's a Ross-centric episode. I don't want to watch it. There's nothing like mm. that. Everyone who's in it... You love them. They're, they all completely embody their character. And also as well, I think if you say to someone, which friend's character are you? It probably changes on a daily basis. We've all got elements of all of them. Oh, 100%. Although I'm not that big on cleaning, so I'm probably not Monica that much. No, but I think there's probably <laughs> elements of Monica that, that you are. But yeah, 100% agree with that. That was the first one I thought of. What was the second one you thought of? Uh, well, there's one that we could talk about that we spoke about before, but we'll leave that to last. I feel like we might go on a bit. So Arrested Development's another one that I've picked. Not seen that. So that's a comedy about the Bluth family. And it's just, I mean, Tobias is closest to being a standout, although he's not the main character. But again, it's just very funny, very ridiculous funny. But yeah, just works as a cast. The Wire for a drama one. Again, Not seen that. a brilliant series. I think I watched five series of that. You might want to 
work out the timings, but I watched it in like a couple of weeks. It was five series. I don't want to work out the timings of every TV show. Ever. I just knew you were lying when you said I watched 22 hours of telly and had to go to work. Yeah, well, we worked out that I did, but it's just it wasn't 22 hours. Um, but yeah, a, a great cast. A lot of British people in that for an American cast. Uh, Idris's first big break... Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, he plays Stringer Bell, one of the villains of the piece, and yeah, he's very good in that. Um, I mean, they're the ones that I've got written down, and obviously, as we spoke about, the West Wing. Yeah. I think, as an ensemble cast, that's just... It's exceptional. It's just, yeah, there is... Considering how long it went on for, seven series... It's, it's no just, weak links. No weak link. Again, any episode <laughs> with any of the characters, you're not thinking, oh, God, it's this person that's in this episode... It's just, and even like it was a changing ensemble as well, because obviously mm. Sam left and the other fella came Josh in. Josh Molina, I can't. Will? Will. Will came in. Mandy was there, then she went. Donna became a bigger part <coughs> and left and came back. Donna's amazing. Um, I forget who's that. Um, Joey Lucas, obviously a great character who's not actually in that many episodes, but she gets into the ensemble really well. Josh's other girlfriend that I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, Santos, like when he comes into it, yeah, yeah, it's just such a great cast and it's just not a weak link in it at all. But yeah, the main players are all incredible. Um, any more for any more? No, that's me. Um, as I'm well sure as, I'm missing some, but... So as well as the ones that Terry's mentioned, um, I know they're not real, but The Simpsons for me, it's it's huge. I love it. It's, it is it is perfect. I've said it. Uh, Parks and Rec, Terry, you need to watch it. Like, like like Lucy said, she she went for Leslie, first of all, um, and Leslie is a very close second for uh, president for me. After Bartlett, I'd have <laughs> Leslie Nope as president. Um, Lucy uh, went for April because she related with her, but all, all of the characters in that show, and again, it's very quotable as well. Um, very, very quotable. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go for a few British shows now. Um, perfect casts for me, Gavin and Stacey. Um, not seeing, well, I've seen a couple of episodes, didn't really like it. Um, I I knew that you were going to say that. Um, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to write this down. I bet Terry either hasn't watched it or doesn't like it. I, James Corden can't stand him. Okay, just, just be quiet about James Corden for a minute. A lot of people don't like James Corden, but... For me, he'll always be Smithy, um, and that cast is so, so good. If you've watched Gavin and Stacey and you like it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. They're, I don't think there's any weak links in that show either, and they all bounce off each other so, so well. It's so good. And, um, and another, car, another completely different show, but British, and Victoria at work mentioned this to me, and I thought it was such an amazing shout for a good cast where you needed everyone in the cast for each character to work. It's Downton Abbey. Um, when you, so again, if you, Terry's just shaking his head at me, I'm assuming it was because you haven't watched it. Not watched it. Some of the characters, um, they're all, they're all very different. Um, but some of the characters sort of like stand out for sort of like delivering these very, so Maggie Smith's character in it, um, delivers these, you know, like very cutting one liners, but she absolutely wouldn't be able to do that if the other, the other characters weren't there for her to sort of like bounce Mm. off of. Um, and Lady Mary as well she's quite a nasty character but again the other characters are there for her to sort of um, work that with and maybe soften her a little bit make her a little bit harder but all of the characters in that I I do think with the main sort of like family in Downton you need all of them you think you might think 
oh yeah, Maggie Smith's the best character in that. But actually, if it was just her on her own, it wouldn't work at all. She needs the rest of them around her. So that was a really, really good shout for me and something a little bit different that Terry and I would never have thought of. I mean, Terry hasn't seen it. I've seen Downton. I've seen all of it. I love it. I would never have thought of including Downton in like a, like a perfect cast. But as a family unit, yeah, perfect. Like you couldn't take one of them out and have it work, I don't think. Um... I think Sons of Anarchy was uh, suggested as a perfect ensemble or a good ensemble cast. Yeah. I've not seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, the, I mean, again, the earlier episode or the earlier series, yes, it's very good, but yeah, it just loses its way towards the end. But yeah, there's some great like double acts because it's about a biker gang, essentially, so obviously there's a big group of them. Mm. But yeah, it's good. Brilliant, good stuff. Okay, so we're coming. We're drawing to the end now. Uh, Finally, thanks, you might be. Wishing. Thanks for sticking with us. I mean, you guys have listened to it in two parts. Terry and I are sitting in an in an increasingly warming up oh, conservatory. It's so warm. It's so hot. We've got the door shut because the guy next door is cutting the bloody grass. Um, so we need to wrap this up quickly because um, we're rapidly losing weight from sweating. Although I don't think it would do either of us any harm. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> so, how very dare you um so we're going to talk about our kex files so last week we obviously pulled tv characters out of the hat and we set ourselves a little challenge to go to cex kex and buy a film with an actor or actress in it that was probably better known for a tv role yes yeah Is with that a what 50 we went pence with? budget with the 50 pence budget um who wants to go first I'm happy to go first. Okay, Terry, what did you get? So I went down the Alan Partridge route and I bought a cock and bull story oh. starring Steve Coogan I like a cock and ball story. So it's one that I'd sort of been meaning to watch for a while, but just hadn't got round to it. So I've actually got it. You could have just borrowed mine and saved yourself 50 pence. It's all right. <clears throat> I can live... I can, I've got 50p to throw around. So it's very much, having watched it after them, it's very much a precursor for the Trip TV series, oh, okay. where you've got, obviously, Steve Coogan and Rob... Br- it's, it's a film about a, the making of a film of a book, which is apparently is a very hard <laughs> book to read slash film. So you've got bits where Steve Coogan is playing himself, bits where he's playing Tristram Shanty, the main character, and likewise. So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes in makeup, which is obviously what you see in the trip. Obviously, they're playing characterised versions of themselves. Uh, Steve Coogan's like trying not to sleep with people because he's got a girlfriend and a young child. Um, but yeah, it's just very nice to watch. Gillian Anderson rocks up in it, which is probably why Sonia owns yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly why I um, it. It ends up being cut from the film within the film and is not happy about it. But yeah, it's just really nice, like banter between everyone. There's one scene that actually had me in tears and I had to pause the film and I had to write the quote down. So for whatever reason, as part of selling the film, Steve Coogan had to mimic having a hot chestnut in his pants. Right. And it cuts to a scene of him rehearsing it in his dressing room. And obviously he's jumping around going, oh, oh, my nuts, my nuts. And then for whatever reason, someone puts a hot chestnut in his underpants. And he immediately obviously falls around in agony because he has got a hot chestnut burning his testicles. At this point, the guy who's put it in there and is wearing gloves suddenly starts trying to ram his hands back down his pants to get it. While he's getting it, Steve's just shouting, that's my bollocks, that's my bollocks, stop it. And then they finally get the chestnut out and Steve Coogan turns to the man and says, <laughs> it might take me a while to say this out loud. <laughs> turns to him and says, you had your fingers on my arse. <laughs> I'm in tears now just reading it off a piece of paper. Which is the delivery of, you had your fingers on my arsehole. <laughs> As he's lying there with his hands cupping his burnt testicles. 
but yeah, just very enjoyable, very sort of meta. Um, but yeah, f- thoroughly worth the fifty pence. Oh, good. I'm glad we might. Have, yeah, we've been all right with our Kex files, haven't we? Um, I bought um, My Stepmother is an Alien, which stars not in the lead role, but it does star Alison Hannigan, who will always be Willow from Buffy for me. But I guess a lot of people will probably know her best from How I Met Your Mother, which I've not seen, so I don't I've know her character's name. I've seen bits. Then. I wouldn't know her character. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really lazy and just read the blurb out the back, uh, off the back. Uh, my stepmother is an alien. is a story of uh, dedicated scientist Steve Mills, uh, played by Dan Aykroyd, who discovers extraterrestrial life in a sensuous form of Celeste, played by Kim Bassinger or Basinger. I would say Basinger. See, I would say Bassinger. Uh, listeners, get in touch. Tell us how to pronounce it. Um, a girl, literally out of this world. Um, so yeah, Kim Bassinger's a, an alien basically, and she has to try and like learn human mannerisms and how to be human to try and get some. Um, Secrets from Dr. Steve, as she calls him, um, to try and help her home planet. If I'm honest, I wasn't paying full attention. It's, I, I had it on in the background. I, I feel watched, like it's been made into a like, kids' TV series on the BBC I watched, as well. I watched it more as like research because I had to watch it. Um, if I'm honest, I probably would have just turned it off and done something else. I was doing lots of other things. I was doing quite a lot of prep for this. But I picked it because... Um, so in the end, her and Dr. Steve end up getting married after knowing each other for about 12 hours. And she st- she's just like, I like being human. So she stays down on Earth. Um, and Alison Hannigan accepts her as her step- stepmother after knowing her for about 24 hours. Um, it's corny. It's cheesy. It's quite pleasant. Um, I really like Kim Bassinger. I think she's super hot, even though she's not my normal type. Um, she's Yeah, I really like her in it. Um, Alison Hannigan plays a 13-year-old girl. I'm guessing she's probably about the same age in it. Fun little fact, um, Seth Green turns up in it to take Alison Hannigan's character, Jessie, on a date. And obviously, they later appear as Willow and Oz, a couple in Buffy. Um, So that was a nice little bit of trivia. Um, For a 50p watch, it absolutely wasn't that bad. It's not a film that I would be fussed about keeping in my collection. Um at all but as we've discovered the 50p films that we buy from Kex uh, we only get a penny back for them so um, that's probably another one throw it out the window chuck it in the sea that's probably another one for the charity shop Um, but yeah it was all right Right, quite a few people have fond memories of it from watching it as a child. I think there's a lot of films that if you watch as a child, you Which love great. them, but and then watching when you watch them as an back, adult for the first it's time, it's 30 years old. Jesus, <laughs> but even like, and it if showed... you watched it as a kid, you enjoy it as an adult, but watch it. Like, I know people my age who recently only first watched <coughs> The Goonies, which is sacrilegious, but they're like, they're not fussed by it because you don't, I don't have get that. that. Well, you don't get the Goonies, or you no, don't get No, I don't get people it. not loving the Goonies. Yeah, I know. I get exactly. quite angry about it, actually. Such a great film. Yeah, we need to stop talking about it, because yep. uh, we're in a hot room, and I can't I can't well, get hotter. There's only Terry. one thing left to do, and that is to pull next week's topic out of the hat. Is it my turn to pull it out of the hat? I don't, yeah, if you want. I don't think I've pulled it. Well, Lucy... No, Lucy you did it normally last week. Oh, did I? Did I? Yeah, Lucy did week one. Give You've it a shake. Can you hear? That's me shaking the subjects. We're going to put some new subjects in the hat, because people have got in touch. Let's go. Is it going to be one of Terry's, or one of mine? It's one of yours. It's yellow. Sweet baby Jesus. We have comebacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like this. So think, okay, so what we're after from you, what we're going to be talking about next week um, is actors that have made a brilliant comeback. So let's think. So they had um, to have been big and fallen away. Fallen away or maybe just taken a break and they've come back and it's been brilliant. Or they could have come back and it could have been shit. 
Think about these. We're not going to discuss it too much now, but think about uh, John Travolta. That was the first one that popped into my yeah, head. Yeah, John Travolta coming back in Pulp Fiction, and another one quite recently, Winona Ryder coming back and uh, blowing us all away in Stranger Things. Mickey Rourke as well. I yeah, Terry, I just said let's not talk about it too much. We've got an episode to record next week, <laughs> but I'm th- for the listeners. That's what we're after from you. Uh, character, uh, not characters, real people, um, <laughs> actors, actresses that have had a break from acting come back. Uh, that's what we'll be talking about next week. Terry, you got anything else to say? Oh, we need to do the social media stuff really quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just the social media. So, um, Instagram, we're Theatrical Cut Pod. We've got our own one now. Um, Terry is uh, Prefax. I am Mallory underscore listens. On the Twitter, Terry is still Prefax. I'm Bloody Mallory. Um, and we the- are Theatrical Cut on Twitter. We have our own Twitter feed now as well. Okay, Theatrical Cut or Theatrical Cut Pod? No, at Theatrical Cut on Twitter. At Theatrical Cut on Twitter, Theatrical Cut Pod on Instagram, and the mother pod is TMTOOH on the Instagram, 2MTOOH on the Twitter. And you know, if you don't know how to work Facebook, then sort your lives and out. And you can email us at theatricalcut at gmail.com. Magic. We done? I'm done. Let's Terry? get out of this hot, hot room. Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs>